Hey, welcome to Stoked with Megan McPhail, the podcast that helps you get super effing jazzed about your work, life, and bank account. I'm your host, Megan McPhail, a former burnt-out emergency veterinarian that quit my hard-earned career to become a seven-figure business coach, entrepreneur, and elopement photographer. Now I'm living a life I absolutely love, full of travel, adventure, and financial abundance, and I am hell-bent on inspiring others to do the same. Are you ready to say goodbye to the 9-to-5 grind and start going after some big, bold dreams? Then let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, hey, this is your host, Megan McPhail. And this is your co-host, Todd Reedy. And today we are going to tell our stories and introduce ourselves and let you know how we came to the conclusion to quit our careers and pursue self-employment and also what our life looks like now. So I was an emergency veterinarian for many years. I hated it. It was awful. I decided I wanted to be a veterinarian in third grade, and that was all I ever knew to pursue. I was very smart. I got good grades. Uh, I got a biology degree. I worked at pet stores and animal hospitals and volunteered at shelters, and I was just on this track to be a vet my whole life. I loved animals. They were my passion. I'm still a crazy animal lady, and I went to vet school at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, graduated in 2010. I have tons of student loans still. (laughs) That's for another day. (laughs) I continued on to do two years of internships in emergency medicine and soft tissue and orthopedic surgery because I really loved surgery. I've done all kinds of crazy surgeries. (laughs) And then I went on to be a general practitioner for a couple years, and I hated that, even though like, at first it was so cool because I was making real money, and my name was on the door. It said Megan McPhail. No, it said Dr. Megan McPhail, DVM. And I was so proud of myself. I felt like I made it, but it kind of sucked. I didn't feel like I could practice the quality of medicine that I wanted, so I went on a bunch of forums and online and Facebook groups and asked people like what else I could do, and emergency medicine was recommended to me. So I moved to Colorado, and I started at a very busy emergency practice, and I dealt with all kinds of crazy things, hit by cars, you know, cancer, emergency surgeries, gored by deer, like we saw everything. I mean, I remember one night... I euthanized like 12 animals in one night. It was crazy. I worked overnights. I worked holidays. I worked weekends. I worked 12 to sometimes 17-hour shifts. It was a lot. And I became really a shell of myself. I was anxious. I dreaded going into work. I would cry in the bathroom. (laughs) I didn't work out because I was so exhausted. I didn't see my family because I was working every holiday and weekends. I didn't have a social life because my work schedule was all over the place, but also I was exhausted and I just didn't even want to see people. And I felt a lot of shame and guilt for not working out, not being social, not seeing my family, not cleaning my apartment, all those things. And I just knew I had to get out of it. But again, I didn't know how. I was researching different degrees, like, could I get an MBA? Could I become a lawyer? Could I start selling medical 
devices or drugs, you know, could I not like street drugs, but <laughs> pharmaceuticals? <laughs> could I be a poison control hotline person, you know, like I was kind of desperate. And to survive, I picked up photography as a hobby. I remember my dad saying, like, you know, you got to have something you look forward to, to survive your job, essentially. And I know so many people live by that advice. And I did too. And I would go out into the mountains and photograph weddings. I started photographing weddings. I created a business and I was getting busier and busier. And eventually my photography business was making enough money where I could quit being a veterinarian. And that was terrifying, but I did that in 2018. And since then, I became a very successful elopement photographer, which I know a lot of people listening probably don't know what that is. Essentially, I travel to national parks and really beautiful places and help couples elope in nature with either just by themselves or with a small group of people. And that was amazing. And then I decided to teach other photographers how to do what I was doing. And that's where things really scaled because now not only am I a successful elopement photographer, but I coach other people how to be elopement photographers and I coach people how to be coaches. <laughs> so since quitting in 2018, life is good. I don't work that hard, I don't think. Do you think I work hard? You work harder and more than you think, but... I think it's a healthy amount, not near what you were doing before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I don't work that much, but my mind is always going because I love what I do. We've bought a house. We bought a brand new RV. We travel 50% of the time. We've been all over the place. We've been to Hawaii three times, Iceland, Mexico a few times. Now that international travel is more accepted, we're going to do more of that. We've been all over Colorado, New Mexico, Utah, Arizona, California. Oregon. <laughs> I'm like trying to think. Michigan, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Texas. I think those are the big ones. I just got back from Florida, but you didn't come with me. So yeah, we travel a lot. And life is freaking good. <laughs> and seeing yeah. how I was a shell of myself. And now I love what I do. I know who I am now. That took a while to figure out who I am. I'm confident in who I am. I'm kind of quirky. And yeah, just being able to live the life that we want to live, having freedom to do and go where we want and work. Like some days I wake up and I'm like, I'm just going to watch Netflix on the couch and my PJs with the dogs all day. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have freedom. And I mean, that's the whole reason why we've started this podcast is, just, is to inspire more people to take this leap. And then I want to hear Todd's story because he, his story is more recent than mine. He quit, what, two years ago? Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. What's your story, Todd? So mine isn't near as drastic or traumatizing as yours. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so I grew up thinking and knowing that I wanted to be an engineer. My father was an engineer. And so that's my four-ball education. I have a BS in mechanical engineering and then a PhD in mechanical engineering. And after school, I secured a job at a prestigious national lab. It was going to be great. 40 hours a week and six-figure salary, doing really cool cutting-edge research. And Can I interrupt for a second? Of course. To brag on you, Todd is a rocket scientist, you guys. <laughs> Once upon a time, yeah. 
So yeah. you still are. I get. I love when I get to say like, "This isn't rocket science." I know because I'm married to a rocket scientist. <laughs> yeah. So in my engineering job, I worked on like explosives and rocket motors. So doing research and development, which is really cool and exciting. I had a security clearance. I could tell my family and friends how cool and amazing this new job was. And at the beginning, it was. It was really cool. But after a couple of years, kind of got more responsibilities, got more into project management and not doing the cool engineering that I had hoped and wanted to do. So it just kind of turned into kind of a crummy job where I dreaded going to work every day. I'd come home grumpy. I'd complain. And 40 hours turned into 50. Vacation hours got piled away, not to be used. And yeah, it just wasn't sustainable or fulfilling. So I was able to switch jobs within the same laboratory and thinking that just a new new sets of faces, new problems would be a good fix. But it was kind of the same bureaucracy, same bullshit, just different building and different manager. So that was kind of my life until I met Megan. <laughs> we met on Bumble right before the pandemic and we kind of turned into each other's COVID buddies. And she was telling me and showing me this crazy life that she was living of basically how she quit her being a vet to do elopement photography and travel and be with cool couples on the best day of their lives. So kind of got the wheels spinning. Hey, how can I kind of maybe exit from my job to do something along those lines, more travel, more adventure, more fun. And so fast forward to now we work together. So she does photo. I do video for elopements. I run my own elopement video company to kind of get a little bit more and different diverse income. But yeah, it's a lot better now. And yeah, we're just living the dream, really. So been quite the change. And if you would ask me even two and a half years ago, three years ago, where I'd be, this definitely would not be it. Yeah, you were very much on the track of, what did you say before? It was like running out the clock. You're going to run out the clock for like 30 years until retirement. Yeah. So I had like all the calculators and spreadsheets to show you know, if I make this much, I put this much in my 401k, yeah. when can I quit <laughs> or when can I retire? Which is not a good place to be when you're only 35 years old and you have many, many years to go. Yeah. Why not enjoy life right now? Dang it. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the weekends are great and vacation, but you can only pile up so much because you know the work that you have to get done is still pooling in the background and you're getting further and further behind. So yeah, a big pivot was needed. And yeah, it was scary for sure. Just like you had said, because it was everything that we grew up knowing or thinking that we wanted. And turns out that's not really what we truly want. Yeah. And we we should talk about because like for me, being an ER vet, I mean, I was dealing with life and death stuff. I was seeing awful things and dealing with people who were, it was the worst day of their lives and they're mad and they didn't want to have to pay money for treatments and I'm working overnights and holidays and I'm like mentally, physically and emotionally exhausted and like traumatized. So it's like, makes sense. Yeah. Like, of course you need to quit that, Megan. That sounds awful. And for you, you're in budget meetings and on a computer, like, yeah, it's boring, but it's not life and death. So I think we should talk about why you still did the right thing by quitting, you know? Yeah, it definitely wasn't life and death, but sometimes like in my head, I made it out to be so damn important 
right? That we crunched every penny and we met every deadline that really in the grand scheme of things didn't really matter. And if we would hit us, you know, a goal or, you know, a milestone, it would be a pat on the back. Well done. All right, start the next one. And so it just never, never ended of kind of the monotony and there was no value or like fulfillment at the end of the day because it just was all right on to the next one. Yeah, I like to call it like a death by a thousand cuts kind of deal because every day you're going in, you don't feel like you're doing your best work, work is piling up. You also don't feel like, like it doesn't go along with your values. You don't feel like you're accomplishing anything. I remember you being frustrated because the end of this project that you were working on was like three or four years out, you know? So you were saying like, I just don't feel like I'm accomplishing anything. And then also, what good are you doing to the world? (laughs) You know, like, what purpose is this? We're working on nuclear weapons over here, you know? And it just didn't agree with you, like, deep down. You just thought it was all so stupid. And spending 40, 50, 60 hours a week dealing with stuff that you knew deep down was just stupid, and you're, like, blowing budgets and meeting after meeting after meeting just to say the same shit every day. Describe that feeling of just not accomplishing things. And they never really did give you a pat on the back. You just said that they might give you a pat on the back, but they didn't appreciate you. Yeah. It was, I mean, a big corporate machine that, you know, they have tens of thousands of employees. And if you did great, okay. But if you didn't, then someone else would just fill your job. And yeah, you were just a little mini cog in this massive machine. So... Yeah, it was just kind of over and over again to talk about, hey, we're over budget. Okay, well, we're going to be over budget again next week, and then the next week, and the next week, and behind schedule again and again, and for what? Mm -hmm. So every day was kind of the same, but at the same time, it was kind of a waste. Yeah. Well, and I think that we need to recognize kind of psychologically that every human being wants to be appreciated, wants to be told they're doing a good job, wants to do a good job. I felt like every day I was failing, even if I saved lives and stuff, but I could have done better if we had the right equipment, if we weren't so short-staffed, or if the staff that we had were properly trained. So every day, even if I technically on paper did a good job, I still felt like I was failing because of a lot of shortcomings of the hospital. And People don't want to feel like that every day. They want to feel like they're doing their best. They want appreciation. They want to feel like they are helping and doing good in this world. And I think that even boring jobs where you're sitting at a computer all day can hurt us mentally and emotionally just as much as like what I was going through. Yeah, for sure. We've talked about before, but the first time here, obviously about kind of these three kind of core things of autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Mm -hmm. And on any given day, I may have found one of those things, but very rarely did I ever feel like I was kind of having a purpose and like doing good with my life and my skill set and my, you know, my energy. So, And can you explain for the folks that don't know, like the autonomy, mastery, and purpose idea? Yeah, I think it was kind of first brought up by an author, Daniel Pink, And basically autonomy, right? So being able to kind of choose what you do, how you spend your time, what projects you work on, or what's what's a value. Mastery, actually like showing competency and like growing and doing good work with your skill set. 
and then purpose, like actually fulfilling your soul with something that's of value to you and to society or family. So those kind of three things are very important. And again, sometimes they're there, but more often than not, they weren't. Yeah. So did you have those three or did it's kind of the same thing when you were in your vet job? That's a good question. I mean, you'd think I'd have purpose because I'm like saving lives, but it didn't feel that way. Like I didn't feel like I was doing good work for some reason because honestly, like owners would just get upset and it was just on to the next thing all the time. And even if I did save a life, like I wasn't thanked or appreciated. So, so I feel like, I don't know, it's weird how I didn't, that just didn't feel like my purpose and autonomy. I mean, I was at the mercy of their schedule and what what shifts they put me on. And, you know, as a doctor, you can't take time off. Like, you can't be sick and not show up. It was like a huge thing. So I definitely did not have control over that. And then mastery, it was weird because I remember thinking, you know, this is it. Because I'm a good ER doctor, but I'm sure as hell don't want to own a practice at ever, because that sounded awful. You just have to deal with more angry people. (laughs) So then, yeah, there were no more goals to work towards. It was like a writing out the clock situation where I'm just going to be an ER vet for 30 more years. And like, I don't even want to be an ER vet for one more day, let alone 30 more years. And I spent my whole life working towards goals, like getting into college, getting into vet school, getting into an internship, doing well at my internship, getting a new job, getting an ER job. And then it's like, there's no more goals. So the mastery part was like, yeah, I got good at something. I was a really, really good doctor, but there was no nothing else to reach for. And that really messed me up. I really didn't like that idea. And that's kind of why I mean, right now, life is awesome because I hit new goals and set new goals all the time. There's always another level. And being with couples on the best day of their lives and being able to plan out something for them and then, you know, have the day go great and then deliver photos and video and get like such positive feedback and like become friends with people. That is like so, I mean, that feels like purpose. And that like psychologically is so pleasing for both of us because we are like, accomplishing things all the time and and being appreciated. Yeah, and it's on, at least from my standpoint, a much shorter kind of feedback loop of shorter-term projects where we book a couple, plan, execute their elopement, deliver their deliverables, photos, videos, get feedback, and then even though it is kind of we do, you know, a dozen or more every year, Every elopement is different, right? Mm-hmm. Every couple is different. Locations are different. Weather is different. So it does change things up and keeps it spicy. And a lot of problem solving. Yeah, because each one is so unique. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty fulfilling that we get to do something, wrap it up, and then kind of move on to the next. And because we're not doing so many and in the grind, we have energy to give the next couple, to give to the next elopement, as opposed to this monotony of every day as a slog, hoping for the best. Mm-hmm. and. So looking forward to our weekend of doing the hobby that's supposed to keep our spirits up. (laughs) Yeah. And when it comes to coaching, like the feedback loop is the same where, you know, I get to see people in real time, improve their businesses, quit their jobs, provide excellent client experiences to other people, make more money. And I get constant every day 
feedback from people that I'm helping them and that they're appreciative of me and that their life has changed. And I like cry happy tears all the time. And like, if that's not purpose, I don't know what the heck is. And like, that's why I jump out of bed every morning excited to work because I'm making a real difference in the world that I get to see all the time. Yeah. And it's so rewarding. And I get to just be myself while I'm doing it, like my true self. Whereas when I was a vet, I mean, I had to be professional. I had a whole different doctor persona, like different voice. Yeah, Dr. Megan. Yeah. (laughs) Every once in a while it comes out. It's scary when when Dr. Megan comes out. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not to say that we're not, we don't take our jobs very seriously and that we are professional at what we do, but it's just a more personal and raw version of ourselves as opposed to, you know, this persona of Dr. Megan or Todd PhD. It's just actually ourselves being people with other people. Mm -hmm. And I wonder too, if like, uh, it has to be, it has to take an emotional toll on us to put on those different personas when we're at work. Like I know I've been teaching you for the last couple of years to be more personable in your emails instead of more robotic, like how they teach you in corporate America. Would you say you're, I mean, I think you've really blossomed into who you really are. I'd like to think so. I still probably write my emails too formal. (laughs) Um, and maybe in my, my spoken language, I have gone the other way and just am way too casual, but yeah, I think it's a better version or a more authentic version of Todd, as opposed to just tight wearing pants, running from meeting to meeting, trying to impress everyone. Yeah. I, I remember this specific moment when I was driving to work one morning, I was in my new Jeep. I had just bought a house in the suburbs of Florida. You know, this was when I was working in my name. Dr. Megan McPhail DVM was on the door and I had my business casual clothes on and my comfy shoes so I could run around in my lab coat. And I was driving through the suburbs to work one morning and I can remember, I just remember this so vividly thinking like, what am I doing? (laughs) This isn't me. (laughs) How did I end up here? And it was just like this light bulb moment or like I've heard people describe it as a download where all of a sudden you have this thought in your head that you hadn't had before. And it was, I think it was in 2013 or 2000. Yeah, 2013. So I didn't end up quitting for five years, which is insane to me. That's crazy. Yeah. But that moment was like, life-changing for me because I just remember thinking like this isn't me I also remember thinking like I'm cooler than this (laughs) because I always thought I was kind of like a cool quirky person but here I am and just like really drab clothes and like and living in the suburbs and it just wasn't me it I felt like I had ended up in this life and it was meant for someone else and I just knew I had to make some kind of exit and at the time That exit was like moving to Colorado to work as an ER vet. But even that, that wasn't me either. So I had this feeling deep inside that I was doing all these things and it wasn't right for me, but I didn't know how to pivot out of it. Well, that's a good way to maybe segue into how we're going to go for next episode and future episodes of, yeah, we, we kind of pursued things that we thought at the time were successful, right? But what that was when we probably started to where we were when we decided that a pivot was needed to where we are now, 
has changed drastically, right? Oh, so, like our definitions of success. Yeah. So that's what we want to dive into next week is, yeah. The what, definition of success. Yeah. Because, well, I don't want to get into it too much right now because we, we're dedicating our whole next episode to it. But yeah, you have to redefine success. Yeah. Probably from what we all thought when we were kids to, I mean, that continually evolves as we, you know, go through life. So we'll dig more into that. But what else can listeners expect from Stoked with Megan McPhail in the coming weeks? That is a good question, Todd. (laughs) Thank you for reminding me. So I have so many things that I want to talk to you guys about. I could talk for hours and hours and hours about so, so many things, which is why I had to make this podcast. But yeah, so next week, we're going to be talking about success. I'll also be talking about following your energy instead of your passions. I will be talking about money. I love money. Oh, so much to talk about money. <laughs> I love talking about money and giving actual figures because people hate when other people talk about money for some reason, but I need to talk about it and want to be transparent. So I'll talk a lot about money. I'm going to be talking about perfectionism, sunk cost fallacy. I mean, we I had six figures of student loans and went to school for freaking ever. How can I possibly quit that? So we'll talk about sunk cost fallacy. We're going to talk about the signs that you should quit your job or working in a toxic workplace and what your values are. And if your values don't align, that you should quit. I'm going to talk about the science behind manifestation and all kinds of mindset stuff and woo-woo kind of stuff because it works, guys. Like Mindset stuff is huge. I'm going to talk about burnout. I'm going to talk about limiting beliefs. And ooh, I cannot wait for us to have a discussion on whether or not everyone can be an entrepreneur or not. That's going to be a good one. So yeah, I'm going to talk about imposter syndrome. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. So I can't wait. My freaking goal in life is to help everybody become the true version of themselves. And oftentimes that involves quitting your shitty soul-sucking job and pursuing something outside of that. And really, I feel like business is the way to do that. So I will be covering a lot of business stuff as well. I'll be covering some things for the elopement photographers out there because I know I have got a lot of elopement photography fans out there. I'm going to be talking about coaching. It's going to be awesome. So definitely subscribe. Subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Megan McPhail or at Stoked with Megan McPhail. And next week we will be talking all about success. And I can't wait. Yeah, we made it through episode one. Yeah, episode one. High five. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Stoked with Megan McPhail. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and tell a friend. If you're looking for more inspiring content, check us out on Instagram at Stoked with Megan McPhail. And to learn more about my business coaching and how I can personally help you quit your nine to five, visit my website at meganmcphail.com. I hope this leaves you feeling stoked. See you next week.